Poinsettia Pollies and Gingerbread Boys. Throw another Yule Log on the fire, give the chocolate orange a hearty whack, and does anyone know how to get cake frosting out of an electric fireplace? Because it's time to talk toll to me! <laughs> Leave Prog Rock out for the evening! Welcome back to the podcast. I am Omen Thomas Sade. And I am Nick McGill. Together we are the hardworking elves, the feckless moms. And this, my little mistletoe kissers, is Talk Toll to Me. A festive feast at the North Pole of Progrock in which Eggnog Nick and ornamentally hung Omen will rejoice in the good news of every single track that reindeer-powered rock band Jethro Tull have ever wrapped, beribboned, and lovingly placed beneath our tree. We will wait patiently for Martin Barr beneath the merry mistletoe, ply David Pegg with prodigious piles of plum pudding, and don our gayest apparel for Doan Perry. And if we can prove that all year we have been nice and not naughty, we may finally receive a visit from the Sinterklaus of Sky, the Papa Noel of the Piccolo, the Chris Kringle of the Claghorn, the Patriarch of Pizzicato, Ian, angels we have heard on high, Anderson. Ian, definitely not Krampus, Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be an amazing gig. If Ian ever gives up rock and roll, he could totally be the Krampus. I would be bad all year just to have Krampus Ian visit me. <laughs> I, small departure, but a friend of mine was saying, oh, you know, I have, I have certain feelings about Krampus. And I was like, as a joke, I was like, erotic feelings. And she was like, well, and that got me thinking. Is there any Krampus erotica out there? Yeah, there is. And I checked, and my computer crashed immediately. <laughs> erotic Krampus? <laughs> it's, there is so much, so much Krampus erotica out there. It's baked into it. You know, it's the whipping, the flagellation. You've been a naughty child. I've been so naughty. <laughs> so, Weird. If, if you have a special itch to scratch and... And only a thorned whip will do it. Krampus is your man. Uh, on the holiday, yes, yeah. yes. Now you know what to search for. Nick, merry meetings, a hearty Yule to you, many solstice celebrations. And that covers most of them. Yeah, thank you. Likewise, here we are. You probably have not seen snow yet, Omen. I doubt you will this year. I actually saw snow on Halloween night in upstate New York. Oh, well, that doesn't count. What does that it doesn't count? count? I'm talking about for the, the festive season that we're in. I might go outside and throw some dehydrated mashed potatoes around. Potato flakes, yeah. Potato flakes, thank you. <laughs> As you may or may not have guessed, we are discussing a very special holiday track today. It is none other than the seventh most track off of the album Rock Island. That's right. It is one of those exceedingly rare sequel songs that we get from Jethro Tull. It is another Christmas song. Another Christmas song. Not just a Christmas song. It's another one. Let's have another listen. Let's unwrap that baby and cram it in our ears.
McGill. My goodness, Omen. That, what, what a, just what I, what a delight. Always wanted. <laughs> How lovely that song is. I did include the gift receipt just in case it wasn't the right size. Um, I'll make it work. I'll probably fill, okay. fill it in after Christmas dinner. Yeah. <laughs> that was another Christmas song. Sure was. Off of Rock Island. Yes. I think I heard that song long before I ever heard anything else off of Rock Island because it was included in the, was it not included on the Christmas album? Uh, it, was, yeah, it was re-recorded for that one, yeah. And of course, we heard that that came out right in our prime tall awareness years yes. as youth. Mm-hmm. Nice to hear the original. It is nice, yeah. Let's dive into the musicality of it. Yeah, absolutely. So the biggest feature of this song that I think lends to it its personality mm-hmm. is that we've talked a number of times about how Rock Island is a little bit of a shifting landscape when it comes to personnel. A little bit, yeah. Especially when it comes to things like the keyboards. Sure. We have Martin Alcock on a couple of tracks. We have PJV on a number of tracks. Mm-hmm. We have Ian on a number of tracks. We also have Ian on percussion for several tracks. This being the second of those. This being both of those. So this is both Ian on percussion and Ian on keyboards or perhaps sin clavier. Mm, okay. Forgive me, Father, for I have sin clavier. <sighs> Play three Hail Marys. <laughs> and that distinctive sound of the i it sounds to me like a drum machine like he's programmed the drums it's definitely a drum machine i'm pretty confident about that yeah at least there is some amount of drumming that is done by the drum machine yeah the bass drum that boom boom yes 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 that that has the hallmarks of yeah that has all the hallmark christmas movies mm-hmm. of a programmed drum machine and then of course the synth is very Ian flavored. Yes. On the simpler side, but it gets the job done. Other percussion there is, I'm assuming it's tambo, not like actual Christmas bells, but that's probably hand done. That's probably Ian. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly could be. I don't think he would trust that to a drumatron. He's very peculiar and particular about his tambourine. There are some sections of the drums, though, that do seem live. If we look at the false ending right at about 250. It's the shortest of the tall false endings that we've seen. There's like no hang time at all, but then it picks up immediately. And yeah, that drum fill does kind of sound man-made. Yeah. And simple enough that Ian could do it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Or or maybe he had Don Perry come in and said, look, I just want you to do this one fill. Yeah. Or JDA even. Uncredited. Oh, perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. But yeah, the drumming is great. I think that there's something about the drums that really makes this song work for me. There's an echo to them, which makes them slightly ethereal. Almost. You would never think of drums being ethereal, but there's there's a weird, like, yes. mysterious feel to the drums, I guess. Yes. It's like a march into the divine. <laughs> it's like a march through the snow. It's like a marching band got lost in a fog and ended up in purgatory. Yes. And they have to play their way out over the next thousand years. Okay. Play for their sins. 
play for their sins. Yeah. Okay. What were their sins? Being percussionists. Being in a marching band, yeah. <laughs> There's something, I think it's the echo that you're talking about, that reverb that ends to this sense of coziness. Yeah. I was thinking as we were listening to the song, what makes a Christmas song? What makes a successful Christmas song? And I think that a lot of good Christmas songs have either that kind of starkness mm-hmm. that makes you think of a cold, snowy night, or the warmth, the coziness, the the chaleur that makes you feel like you're all cuddled up in a cozy blanket with a warm, hot chocolate. Right. Winking at the lights, or with the lights <laughs> winking at you. You can also wink at the lights. No one's judging. <laughs> hey. hey. Hey, lights. Hey. It's Carol of the Bells versus Baby, It's Cold Outside, basically. Yes. And this has both. Do you know what also makes a very successful Christmas song? Mariah Carey. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> That's what you were going to say? Yeah. yeah. The most Sorry. successful Christmas song. <laughs> I love that Mariah Carey has now started to play into the jokes about her. Are there jokes about Mariah Carey? Oh, yeah. You know, because All I Want for Christmas is You has been the top Christmas song for the last 15 years or so since she recorded it. Yeah. The joke has been for the past 10 years, oh, they're thawing Mariah Carey out. <laughs> you know, they're bringing, her, they're, they're bringing her back into a state of animation for the season. And now she's started to film promos for herself where she's in like a stasis chamber and they press a button and she bursts out of a big ice thing. And she's like, I'm ready to slay. Except slay is spelled with an E-I-G-H. It better be, yeah. Wow. I appreciate that. I appreciate people who don't t- take themselves too seriously. Yeah, who, who can acknowledge it and take advantage of it. Yeah, that's good. Good on her. Exactly. Yeah. Good on her. So we've got Drumatron, we've got some synth, we got some nice trilly flute of Ian kind of like fading in. We get some some nice stingy Martin electric. Oh man is an island. Oh man is wicked. Our bass is stand-up. Oh really? Oh acoustic bass. Yeah, I hear that reverberation of that string pretty dirty. A mountain. Oh, man, is an island. Oh. You know, I think you're right, and I didn't clock that there, but there was a sound where I was like, I kind of heard it for a second, and I, I couldn't identify it, so I moved on. But I'm pretty sure it was that string slapping against the neck. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Very cool. And how appropriate. <laughs> is it? Maybe. Sure. That a bass should stand over the holidays. <laughs> A base stands for the holidays and kneels for the flag. You know that. <laughs> what is it? I, I stand. I stand for the flag. I, and I, I kneel, kneel for, for the cross. I kneel for the cross. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I stand to crack my back and kneel when I drop my buttons. <laughs> And kneel when I crack it too hard. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) At two o'clock, we get... Two o'clock. At about two minutes, we get a really cool, like, just the briefest of ramp-ups that could lead into a really, really nice instrumental breakdown. Oh, yes. It's the guitar going... Yes, yes, yes. And then it just goes into the verse again. Yeah. Yeah, yes. That's really fun. Got some great double voicing and then even 
triple or quadruple voicing from Ian. Okay. I love his vocal quality in this. I, I think that there's something so charming about the rusticness of what he's giving us with his voice paired with the content of this song. It's so conversational. It's so personal. Yes, it is. And at some points, he's doubling up that conversational voice. And then at some point, somewhere between two and the end, <laughs> it's not a very long song. It's what, two minutes, three minutes, 30? Three and a half, yep. Okay. Um, somewhere toward that end, on one of the final Another Christmas songs, we have Ian going, all the instruments drop back, and he goes, Another Christmas song. It's at about 2.30 where everything drops. And it's like three or four part harmony of just Ian. It's great. Maybe it's always time for another Christmas song. You can tell that Ian really has special feelings for this content because he played every single instrument. (laughs) I get the feeling that we're gathered around a a fire staying warm and he's standing up and he's, he's like kind of got his arms out around to like pull everybody in. Threatening us with chestnuts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He has roasted those chestnuts himself, and we will enjoy them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other person who's really breathing life into this song is Jesus. David Pegg. Oh, David Pegg. Obviously, that goes without saying. David Pegg, is, the spirit is moving through him, the spirit of the bass. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I feel like this is one of those songs that almost shouldn't work. Hmm. Like the content could be corny. Yes. True. Very true. Christmas songs can be so corny. Yeah. And I feel like this one, it's like a bumblebee. It shouldn't be able to fly. The physicists tell us that this song shouldn't be heartwarming. And yet there it is. (laughs) There it is, warming the hearts out there in the world, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. defying, laughing in the face of the scientists. Agreed. Yeah, it could very well be, especially because we're we've got a drum machine and we've got synth back there. Could very easily, yeah, the synthy synths. Yeah, that's a good point. But there's something so heartfelt about it. That's what I think it is. I think it's the genuineness of it and the content, the lyrics. You know, it's not just, despite the title, it isn't just another Christmas song. It is actually saying something really interesting and perhaps profound about the the nature of the holidays and the patriarchy. I think I'd be upset if it didn't coming from Ian. Right? Yeah. Well, and even what it's about is is maybe it's it it is about the 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 okay, shh shh save it for the second half. Save it for part 2. Save it for part 2. Nick, anything else to say about the musicality? of this song no no that's all all i had i picked out those particular moments and it's just there's a very powerful delivery in this song it just it, it drives it home in a very meaningful way i think the first time i ever listened to this i got to the line the first verse i was not making up my mind yet and at the start of the second verse we have that hope everyone's dancing to their own drum this fine morning yeah the beat of distant Africa or a Polish factory town. And it smacked to me a little bit of we are the world, we are the children. Yes. Same time period as well. Mm. And I thought, oh God, this is going to be a really corny song. And then from there on, I turned my face away from it and it slapped my other cheek. 
Yes, that's <laughs> as Jesus said. Yes, as baby Jesus did. Yeah, <laughs> I think I got that Bible reference yeah. correct somewhere around there. Yeah. Omen. Yes. I don't have any correspondences for the half, so I just wanted to ask: Do you have any favorite non-standard Christmas music, like the Tall Christmas album? You know, do you have anything that you go to over the holidays? Yes, actually, there are a number of things that I quite like. There was a based out of Boston. There was a group called the Christmas Revels. Mm. And they did, I don't know if they're still around, but for many years they did traditional, and I mean traditional Christmas music from the early Renaissance and Middle Ages. Cool. So stuff that went way back. And I had a cassette of theirs when I was a kid and we listened to it a lot in the Christmas period. And I always have a special feeling when I listen to it. It's got some really great stuff on it. Is it in the same style as that renaissance music or did they like take it and tweak it or no no they did they every year they would put on a show that is sort of a historic representation of that era it's always a journey through the history of christmas Hmm. and they had children involved they had a sword dance it's a really great presentation they did not have children involved in the sword dance let me be very clear about this disappointing who needs a moil in no surprise, in no way possible is that a surprise that that was the Christmas cassette in your house <laughs> growing up. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, I mean, growing up, we had a couple of like the random like kind of kids Christmas songs. We had a cassette for one of those. But present day, I always go back to these bands. Every album or so, I will recommend these bands. Murder by Death and Carbon Leaf both have Christmas albums, and they're very, very good. Murder by Death Christmas. Yep. A Murder by Death Christmas. Which is also how Jesus died. Close. Not on Christmas. He was murdered by death. Oh, that's right. Yes. Oh, that's right. That was not on Christmas. If you're looking for a non-standard holiday fair, throw those on. Yeah. Also, nothing wrong with some Bach. Correct. That's what scientists say. That's what the Bach Consortium, that's what the Bach Lobby. That's what Big Bach wants you to think. That's what Big Bach. That's a stupid Big Bach store. (laughs) Nick, welcome back to the second portion of the podcast. In this section, we will discuss the significance behind the words which Ian is singing using his mouth on another Christmas song. I have myself a warm cup of cocoa. I'm ready to go. I have myself a warm pail of water to dip my hand into while I sleep. (laughs) So obviously another Christmas song is in reference to a Christmas song. Correct. Which was originally on, ladies and gentlemen, any guesses? Crikey. Yes. Nick, I see your hand is raised. That was, I'm guessing it was not Benefit. Was it Benefit? No. Was it later than that? Is it off of This Was? It's a bonus off of This Was. Oh my gosh. They tacked it onto the end of This Was, the the first album, which seems very strange. But that was a reissue. Right, exactly, yeah. Ah, it's from Living in the Past. 
I think that's where it first came out. It was first recorded during the sessions for This Was. Wow. Whoa. I did not realize that. Does not feel like This Was era for sure. No, but at that time, the band was really still trying to figure out who they were. Yeah. So at any rate, this is another Christmas song, which is in reference to a Christmas song. Yep. We also have in the Ian's canon of Christmas songs, Last Man at the Party. Yep. Birthday card at Christmas, if we're going into the solo stuff. No, it's it's not solo. It's the Jethro Tull Christmas album. True. Yes. Anyway, hope everybody's ringing on their own bell this fine morning. Yeah. Hope everyone's connected to that long distance phone. Hope everybody's ringing on their own bell this fine morning. Yeah. Hope everyone's connected to that long distance phone. So in that sense, it could be much in the vein of a lot of other Christmas songs that are out there. The general canon of Christmas songs, White Christmas, I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas, Mm -hmm. is not so much about snow. It's really about wanting to be home for Christmas. There's a whole series of songs about wanting to be home. Mm -hmm. So I hope everyone is either arriving at their home or at least has some way to communicate with home. So we're introducing this idea of home already and separation from it. Immediately we go into old man, he's a mountain, old man, he's an island. Old man, he's a waking says, I'm going to call, call all my children home. Old man is a mountain. Old man is an island. Old man is awakening, says, I'm going to call, call all my children home. So then we get into territory that is not necessarily normal for, or not usual for a lot of the general population Christmas material out there. We kind of jackknife over into this idea of like the benign patriarchy. Interesting. Go on. Because presumably, all so we could say, old man, he's a mountain, old man, he's an island. We, it sort of is describing this cantankerous, antisocial old man. Right. Perhaps the father of the family saying, I'm going to call all my children home for Christmas. Right. That could be describing a very banal holiday situation. Saying, you know what, I'm going to get all the children on the phone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure they all get home for the holidays. Okay, sure. That's kind of like Papa Bear watching out for his kids. Okay. But also, old man, he's a mountain, old man, he's an island. I'm going to call all my children home. That has extremely deep Judeo-Christian overtones and undertones. Mm. The old man calling his children home is the Old Testament God calling his children back to the faith. Yeah. Calling humanity back to, to faith. Interesting. I didn't think about that. That's really good. But there's this implication that he's waking up. There's a seasonality to this that makes it feel a little bit more pagan in a way. There's this old figure awakening and collecting everyone. That's very interesting. I hope everybody's dancing to their own drum this fine morning. Yeah. The beat of distant Africa or a Polish factory town. Hope everybody's dancing to their own drum this fine morning. Yeah. The beat of distant Africa or a Polish factory town. Yes, there we have... We are the world, we are the children. Just a touch of it, just enough to get credit for it, and then move on. It's a small world after all. The sense that, yes, oh, everyone across the world celebrates Christmas. Not actually true. But there are people on every continent who celebrate Christmas, surely. Mm -hmm. And there is this sense, you know, of Christmas being a time when the world feels a sense of, at least the Christian world feels a sense of unity. Theoretically. 
theoretically, and sometimes in reality. Have you ever heard that song? I think it's called Christmas Eve 1942 or 1941. No. It's this really interesting song about an actual historical event, which was that when the English and the Germans were entrenched against each other in, you know, it, and it actually may have been World War One, not World War Two, but it was, it was one of the world wars. The English and the Germans were in trenches mm -hmm. across from one another, you know, 200 meters, 300 meters away. And they'd been trying to kill each other for months and months. And then on Christmas Eve, the English were hunkering down in their holes and started to hear the Germans start singing Stille Nacht. And they responded by singing Silent Night. With gunfire. And, and, and suddenly the two sides were singing back to one another. Mm -hmm. And it was like, eventually somebody put up a white flag and called, this wasn't the generals. This was the, the guys in the, literally in the trenches. Yeah. Somebody put up a white flag and they ventured into the no man's land and both of them. And the Germans said, Hey, do you guys want some of our schnapps? And the English said, Hey, do you guys want some of our cigarettes? And they played some football under the moonlight. And it was this moment of peace, actual peace where, you know, the soldiers who were on the front lines, acknowledge each other's humanity for a moment so ridiculous <laughs> and then the next day went back to killing each other because because their generals were telling them to but it's not a beautiful story to me it's bullshit but yes i mean, I mean like i don't know i think it's interesting because it, it gives the lie to the very idea of war well yeah exactly yeah it shows war is an idea of leaders not of people mm -hmm. yeah Anyway, Depressing. old man, he's calling for his supper, he's calling for his whiskey, calling for his sons and daughters, calling all his children round. Old man, he's calling for his supper, he's calling for his whiskey, calling for his sons and daughters, calling, calling all his children round. So now, in the context of the Polish factory town in Africa, I almost feel like we have this vision of Father Christmas calling the sons and daughters of... Mm. The religion around the international table of conviviality. Mm -hmm. I just want to do it like a, a singing note here. When he says old man on that line, he jumps it. Old is town. He jumps it before they start the next line, the next bar. Uh-huh. He starts singing before. Oh, that's great. A catch step or a, a grace note, perhaps. Yeah. A pickup. Yeah, maybe. I just, I don't have the vocab for it. It's the end of the Polish factory town before the proper old man line should be starting. Old man, bam. Da, 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 yeah. Da, da. yeah, yeah, yeah. Something it's like that. really cool. Sharp ears are tuned in to the drones and chanters warming. Yeah. He's in his share era here. <laughs> Sharp ears are tuned in to the drones and chanters warming. Yeah. Drones and chanters are a reference to bagpipes. Hmm, yeah. So it's almost we've gone from the theoretical international Christmas to the more specific international Christmas to the now more local Christmas. Mm -hmm. Mist blowing round some headland somewhere in your memory. Mist blowing round some headland somewhere in your memory. A drone and chanter could also be a reference to just like a chorus, right? I mean, technically... I suppose so, but drones and chanters are the specific names for the different pipes of the bagpipes. Oh, okay. Okay. 
the drones are the ones that stick out the top that each go or and the chanter is the one that you finger. Hmm. Here's the line that I think is the most interesting of this song. Everyone is from somewhere, even if you've never been there. Everyone is from somewhere, even if you've never been there. What do you make of that? Yeah. It's the idea of that universal family, that belonging to someone or something, regardless of what your background is. If you are doing like a friend Christmas and everybody's from LA and you're a transplant, if you're doing Christmas with your friends in LA, you're part of that family. You're in LA. Interesting. You're where you belong. So even if you don't have a conventional sense of home, you have a home in the greater community of the Christmas spirit. Or perhaps, you know, in another way, I'm thinking about my own family traditions and or your family traditions, you know, Christmas is a time when in America, when people often make regional cultural dishes mm, mm-hmm. in New Jersey on Christmas or around Christmas, you can find tons of families doing the Feast of the Seven Fishes. Yep. My mom for years made the same gingerbread recipe that my grandmother had brought over from England, or she would make this date log, which I was always... I always had mixed feelings about, but apparently that was from the Czech Republic. Oh, cool. And so, you know, Christmas is potentially a time for a lot of families when they delve into those cultural roots and say, well, this is what we've always done. Mm -hmm. Even if you've never been to Italy, even if you've never been to the Czech Republic, you're still reaching back into that cultural memory. Yeah, that's good too. That's really nice, actually. I think that's more beautiful than my than my one was. I I don't know. I don't, I I love your interpretation. I think that that's maybe more useful. Hmm. Whereas the recipes is just kind of an observation of people's cooking habits. They're still tapping into that idea of cultural family, belonging, right, yeah. Right. And I think that that is what this song is about, ultimately, is that sense of belonging. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So take a minute to remember the part of you that might be the old man calling me. So take a minute to remember the part of you that might be the old man calling me. This is where I just love Ian's writing so much. This line in particular really sticks out to me. Namely, the part of you that might be the old man calling me. Putting him first person in that section, being called by, not by the old man, this metaphorical God spirit of Christmas, Father Christmas, but you. He's got to have someone in mind for this. Who is his old man? Well, we know that Ian has a historically interesting relationship with his father, who's at this point has been passed away for many years. Yeah. But I wonder if, if we take the more universal theoretical approach, we start in the beginning of the song, we say, Christmas is about this spirit bringing everyone together. Mm-hmm. And then he says, remember, oh, I'm getting goosebumps. Remember the part of you that is that force. So that's the old man you're saying. The old man is inside of each of us right now. (laughs) That we can all be the originator of that gesture of togetherness. Okay, sure. Yeah. What's Dickens say about Christmas? Hold on. God bless us, everyone. (laughs) Bah humbug. That's it. Uh, Fat goose. Fezziwig. Marley and Marley. We're Marley and Marley. Marley and Marley. 
ah, but I am sure that I have always thought of Christmas time when it has come round as a good time, a kind, forgiving, charitable, pleasant time, the only time I know of in the long calendar of the year when men and women seem by one consent to open their shut-up hearts freely. So there is this idea that Christmas is is about opening and welcoming people and saying, oh, hey, you know, the rest of the year I would totally ignore you, but let me be friendly to you and, and show my humanity. That was Nephew Fred, right? Is that who that was? I don't know. I think it's actually, I, I don't know. Or is it Cratchit? I think it's Fred. I think it's Fred in the beginning where he's like, this is why we do Christmas. And, and Scrooge is like, but money. But money. But money. But, but money. money. <laughs> the sentiment and the idea behind it works. I think it is a very flawed argument, personally, but but yes, in this song and the delivery of it, it really makes it very potent and beautiful. You think that the whole concept is a crock? 1,000% yes. Because if we have the capacity to do that once a year, why not do it the whole year round? 1,000% yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's all false in a way. And I agree with you. I mean, I think that the whole, if you were to ask Jesus he would say, that's how you should act all year. Yeah, he would say, forget about my birthday. Just don't be an asshole to people. Yeah, if you don't want to give presents to people all year round, gouge your eyes out. That's all. That was his solution for everything. Right? <laughs> Very strange. <laughs> that was his early life, though, I think. Gougy McChrist. <laughs> Jesus, we're hungry. Gouge your eyes out. Have you considered gouging your eyes out? <laughs> Is that your Jesus voice? Who played the Sicilian in Princess Bride? Oh, I don't know his name. The guy was always like this, talking like this. Yeah. If you gouge out your eyes, you won't be able to see the food anymore. That's who I would cast as Jesus. As Jesus? I would watch that. I would watch that. Yes. Yeah. Final verse. How many wars you fighting out there this winter's morning? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's always time for another Christmas song. How many wars you fighting out there this winter's morning? Yeah. Maybe it's always time for another Christmas song. He subscribes to my point of view. Always be reminding people about the spirit of Christmas. ABC, always be Christmas. <laughs> Old man, he's asleep now. He's got appointments to keep now. Dreaming of his sons and daughters. Yeah, proving, proving that the blood is strong. Old man is asleep now. He's got appointments to keep now. Dreaming of his sons and his daughters. Yeah, proving, proving that the blood is strong. I agree that there is this, this is both an accurate observation of people's behavior and perhaps intentionally, very likely intentionally, a huge critique in standard critique of the culture of Christmas, which is what's wrong with you? Yeah. Why are you celebrating peace one day a year? If you theoretically believe in this as quote unquote Christians, then every day you should behave like that. Right. But maybe this is sort of the softening of Ian and saying, well, at least once a year, people behave sort of nicely toward one another. Certainly, when we're comparing the first Christmas song, which was 20 years before this song, 
there's a very stark difference. The first one is very scathing and very, very biting. Christmas spirits are not what you drink. That Christmas spirit is not what you drink. Very straightforward. And this this is couched in a very sweet, let's everybody be nice and sweet and loving. And at the very end, it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, do it all the time. It's not just Christmas. I wonder if the shift is in becoming the old man himself in the sense that at this point in his writing, he now has children. Right. And maybe he's thinking in a different way. He has certainly matured. Yeah. Yeah. He is a fine wheel of cheese. <laughs> a fine wheel of wine, this man. <laughs> pass me a bottle of cheese. <laughs> hey, Santa, pass me that cheese. <laughs> Will you? <laughs> Will you? Not the Parmesan, Santa. <laughs> oh, my God. We saw at Wegmans, Rook and I saw one of the big, like, whole wheels of oh, cheese. Yes. It was yeah. 80 pounds of, like, parm. Yeah, oh, 800 bucks. Smelled amazing. There wasn't even a price on it. No, no, no. Yeah. If you have to ask. You can't afford it. <laughs> Apparently, Parmesan is one of the most frequently stolen items in Italy. I truly read this online. That the cheesemakers are now putting edible tracking devices into the cheese wheels so that they can scan. If somebody's selling cheese, they can scan it and say, actually, hey, you stole this. This is marked. And somebody commented like, wow, the conspiracy theorists were so close to the truth. Big Parma is trying to put microchips at us. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. Edible scanner thing? That sounds very strange. I don't know how that works. I don't feel, I don't know how I feel about that. Whether it's true or not, the joke is sound. That's good. Yeah. If there was a good setup, it was worth it. Yeah. Nick, anything else to say about another Christmas song? Not a jot from me. How do you keep the spirit of the love of humanity aflame in your heart all year round? Who told you that I do? <laughs> If you were going to try, <laughs> how would you achieve that? I mean, just treat people decently. Just on Saturday, Rook and I were doing errands and groceries, and Ithaca has a pretty bad homeless population, and it's starting to get really cold in upstate New York. Okay, sure. And there was a, a guy with a sign on the corner asking for food, asking for money, whatever. We got him a little thing of soup and a cookie, and when we came out to our car, he wasn't there. But, but, <laughs> but, the, but, but the soup was delicious. Was delicious. But as we were driving to Wegmans, I saw him pushing his cart and I was like, hey, hey, I got your soup. And he like, he like met me around the corner and, and we gave it to him. And there was such gratitude there. Oh. But Rook said, why did you do that? Okay. And I explained to him. So that is how I'm, one of the ways that I'm doing this is showing not the hellfire and brimstone scare you and guilt you like I was raised on. I want him to see the actual action and see the results of that action. And in that way, perhaps you are the old man calling your children home. If that's what it takes to be an old man, I'll do it. My old man called his children homo. <laughs> your dad would never call you that. One vowel off. <laughs> No, he wouldn't. What about you? How do you do it, Omen? Oh, well, I simply don't. <laughs> I, I, 
certainly not to put you on the spot. Oh, I put you on the spot. It's super easy to just fall into the, particularly now when everything is online and so disjointed and so separated, you know, it's easy to just not necessarily treat people poorly per se, but be so removed and just treat them neutrally. Yes, I really try to remember that every person that I see and interact with, every single person that I see and interact with, I immediately judge them harshly. Immediately. Right, exactly. Yeah. Immediately. And then step two is trying to remind myself that is an individual who has had a whole life and experiences suffering in the same way that I do and desires happiness in the same way that I do. And therefore, I'm going to do my best to not contribute to their suffering, to not make them suffer more. And if I can, with a kind word, bring them a little bit of joy, then I will, I will do that. But only if it's with a kind word. You're not going to go and pass that. No, if it's money, I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> hey, yeah, we all suffer. Uh. <laughs> I'm not going to help you walk across the street or anything, but uh, yeah, I mean... I don't interact with that many people IRL right, yeah. these days. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to do more. And I am trying to get back into the world so that I can you know, have more of an influence, I guess, on the world, more of a positive influence. But at the moment, I'm just trying to, trying to not cause anyone more suffering. But even just remembering that people are exactly the same as, as us is mm -hmm. a difficult step and necessary. Yeah. That's actually the way that I, that's the mindset that I have to keep when I'm doing IT work. Oh, yes. Yeah. I don't know their story. As frustrating as this process is, sure. I have to try to to remove my my suffering from this. <laughs> right, right. Oh, that's a great way of thinking about it. Yeah. And perhaps we should all remember the part of us that might be the old man calling them. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful way of saying it. The old man signs my paycheck, so I I, I got to listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> old man Cornell. <laughs> Nick, what is the song to which we have the pleasure of popping a champagne cork to next week? We are rounding out this album with the second half of the second half, our last quarter of the album, with a trio of really good, mathematically it works, don't make that face. I, I, <laughs> I believe it. With a trio of really solid songs. Next week is track number eight. We are on The Wailer's Doom. Ooh, Wailers Do's. That is such a thing that I'm excited about. Yes. Followed by the Wailers Don'ts. Which are, there are a lot of. Yeah, a lot of rules for Wailers. There's no right way to whale, but there are plenty of wrong ways. <laughs> Don't run on the deck. It's slippery. Don't run on the whale. <laughs> Until next week, we hope that you are connected to that long distance phone and... While you're connecting on that, why don't you connect to our Discord chat, a home for every Tall Skull to find mirth and conviviality on this cold winter season of the soul. Which can be done by subscribing to our Patreon. Follow the star in the sky to see the miracle birth. In fact, follow all five stars. And see five miracle births. The birth, five miracle <laughs> the births. birth of a wonderful rating and review.
Until next week, I am the old man calling you. I'm Nick McGill. I am the chanter warming, Omen Thomas said. We are the mist blowing round your headland, the feckless momes. And we are always dreaming of your sons and daughters. Talk tell to me. Jingle, jingle, street sounds, jingle, jingle, wind, Christmas carols in the background, jingle, jingle, footsteps. Wow, you're asking for a lot of sound design on this one. (laughs) Or maybe I'll just leave you saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, ho there, happy Christmas, Uncle Scrooge, and how do you do this fine Christmas-like day? The same I am every day, nephew Frederick. Losing money by the minute. Oh, Uncle Scrooge, you old curmudgeon. Why don't you put on a festive twig on your hat? It'll improve your spirits. If it will not bring coin to my purse, I will do no such thing. Are you still working that old cratchit into the ground like you always are? He looks more miserable and more threadbare every day. Why don't you give him a raise? He died last winter. This is his son. (laughs) Oh, Uncle Scrooge, Uncle Scrooge, I have a wonderful proposition for you. Instead of spending Christmas Eve by yourself eating a rind of cheese in the dark, in the cold, like you do every year, why don't you come to my Christmas Eve party? There will be punch. There will be children. There will be cuties with nooty booties under the mistletoe. Can I punch children under the mistletoe at this party? (laughs) You can sit in the corner on a three-legged stool for all you like, as long as you come and enjoy the convivial spirits. What do you say, uncle? That is not enough to draw me from my cave. Oh, Uncle Scrooge, but I know what will. What if I tempt you with my darling wife's figgy pudding? She's sharing it with all the neighborhood. It's got a scent you won't forget. You can stick your fork deep into it and feel those figs squishing and squelching and nosing you into delights of ecstasy. What do you say? I turned her down when she came to visit me last week. On her way through the neighborhood, I will not consume her figgy pudding at this party either. Oh, but Uncle Scrooge, I I know it will bring warmth to your cockles, whatever those are. I had them removed and I, I, I sold them. I have the town quartet engaged for an evening of frivolity and noteness that will send even the darkest of minds into a rhapsody of beauty and light they will be playing the clavicle they will be a noodling upon the one stringed bing bong and they will be beating the tim tim i didn't know that the dr seuss band was in town but i'm (laughs) slightly intrigued now but no no there's only one thing that can entertain my ears this christmas pray tell uncle what is that one that soul delight in which you take your pleasure. Well, Mariah Carey won't be born for another 15 years, so I'll have to settle. (laughs) So I'll have to settle for, I hesitate to tell you about this. Yes, yes. Settle for my favorite podcast. And by my favorite, it's the, I have to say, it's the only one that I don't loathe with a fiery passion. You know, uncle, I've always said that the true spirit of Christmas is sharing a podcast with friends. Why don't you come over after all the guests have left and 
I will lower the light so you can pretend you're sitting in the dark, and I will save a cold rind of cheese and send the children to bed, and I will sit on the other end of the room and you can lick the sticky remains of the punch out of the unclean bowl, and we can put the gramophone on and play a podcast. I have just the one for you. It is a called Talking Tall With Me. By gummy, that's the one. Fred, that is the one. You don't mean... You don't mean that you too are a proud member of the Feckless Momes Audio Network, Scrooge? That I am. I shall go buy a silly goose from the market and bring it. Boy, boy, is that podcast still available? <laughs> the one that's rated five stars? That's the one, boy! It's not too late to subscribe!